The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Hey, welcome in, everybody. It is the Arrowhead Addict Chiefs postgame show brought to you by Casey Beer. I'm Patrick Allen, joined, as always, by the incredible Matt Verderam. Matt, how's it feel to have Chiefs football back, buddy? It feels good. It feels good. It looked good. And then, and then a bunch of guys you've never heard of got in the game, and it didn't look as good. But I'm, I'm sure we'll get to all that. Yeah, we're going to dive into all that. We're going to give our listeners some time to get in here. I know everybody's just finishing up the game. Yeah, I mean, look, end of the game there, you get some guys in there that are not going to make the team. You know that, especially in this game. It's the first preseason game. Yeah, that This is the time where those guys are going to get their shot. And after this, with the condensed preseason, probably won't see a lot of those guys. Um, we'll get to the good, but I guess some of the, some of the guys that stood out to me as playing in that back end, were Josh Gordon and Cornell Powell uh, not looking good for those guys? I don't think they're not, they're not making the team. Unless somebody's hurt, they're not making the team. Uh, look, so here here's the real like elevator analysis of this game. The starters are really good. The third and fourth string are terrible, and so if the Chiefs have to at any point in a regular season game play their third and fourth string, they're screwed. The good news is that's probably not going to happen. Um, Look, I mean, I don't know that you could be much happier with the first half. You know, maybe you'd like to see a little bit more protection, uh, you know, in front of Mahomes. You got hit a couple times, really once, where he really took a hit. Um, but they spread the ball around. They look good. They they marched right down the field. Defensively, they were fast as hell. Um, I th- That was the main takeaway. I have a couple others that we'll get to. But, uh, look, in the end – yeah, they lost, but they really won. I mean, realistically, they pounded you. And by the way, it also needs to be said, Chicago is awful. Chicago oh, is a god-awful team. And Fields, I actually like Fields. I think he has talent. That kid has no chance on that team. None. No I mean, they cannot block. I mean, my God, Jones, his sack on the first series of the game, he almost beat Fields to the dropback spot. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's they didn't even good. touch him. So, yeah. yes, look. We'll obviously get to all that, but I was very pleased. You hope Blake Bell's okay. He was the only injury. Other than that, uh, they got out clean, so that's good. Yeah, Blake Bell, uh, as the first quarter was kind of coming to an end, went down with uh, with the Chiefs on Twitter, caught a hip injury. He was questionable to return, hopefully. Just, uh, you know, it's always weird in preseason. You don't want to ever see the cart come out. If a guy walks off under his own power, you just they're not going to send him back in there. You know, with in those right. those cases, so we don't know. We don't know. We'll find out. I'm sure we'll hear from the Chiefs after the game as they take a look at Blake Bell, who who had a touchdown. Um, well, let's start, I guess, with with the offense. We only saw the Chiefs starters for one drive, and I think that they might have played another drive if they had gone out there and went three and out or something like that. But they didn't. A, a terrific drive by Mahomes. He spread the ball around to just about everybody. Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster didn't get his, but. Um, 
you, you had a handoff to Michael Burton. You had a pass to Michael Burton. You got MVS involved. McCall Hardman got involved. Travis Kelsey had a nice catch. What was your opinion of that first drive? It was balanced. They looked a lot like they looked the second half of last year, where they spread the ball around. They moved around quickly. Mahomes was in rhythm. There was one play where he was off schedule. He made a nice throw. Um, it was it was easy. It was easy. That would be the way I describe that drive. They they moved the ball with without much effort. Um, and I, I think again, I don't know what else you could really ask for. I mean, offensively they they had one drive and they moved right down the field and went in and that was it. So, um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think you've got to be pretty happy with the offense played. I don't know. Like I said, I mean, you, you maybe like to see Mahomes stay clean and not get hit. But really, other than that, like, I, I don't know what else you could really point to as a negative. I mean, they, they went down the field like the Bears weren't even on it, put it right in the end zone. So they look good. Yeah, let us know. Uh, already over a hundred of you watching, let us know in the chat what were your observations of the first team offense. Um, some notes I jotted down here in a game like this in preseason. I like to just go and I I just basically make a, an outline offense series one, and I just mark down notes of things that I saw because you're looking for so many different things when you're evaluating the players. Um, obviously, I, I thought one nice moment. It didn't result in a touchdown. But Mahomes just missed MVS on that first drive for a touchdown. I'm pretty sure he might have gotten held there right at the at the goal line. It looked like a pretty good ball to me, just just out of his reach. But that was a nice uh, a nice uh, you know possible can preview of what those two might be able to do together. I thought. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and uh, by the way, I saw Thomas. You said uh, in the chat that you got to watch the game with the newborn. Congratulations, man. That's uh, yeah, congrats, buddy. Um, look. I, I really I, – I didn't sit there and take notes. I obviously took some mentally. I, I think – I thought the most important takeaway from the game was their rookies, specifically two of them, looked really good. And I would actually argue that one of them was the best player in the game. If you really watch the game, George Karloftis was just everywhere. I mean yeah. – the Bears could not block him. He had one sack. He had to have had five pressures in that game. And if you look, they were all different. One was around the edge. One was an inside rip move. One was a, one was a bull rush. One was chasing the guy down when he when he fled the pocket. Like, Colossus was insane in that game. It was yeah. absolutely insane. Like he, I really would argue of any player on either side. I think I think he had the best game of anybody on the on the field. He was awesome. And one of the guys who had a very good game as well, Sky Moore, who had an excellent catch along the sideline. He was able to drag his toe. Um, he showed his speed. He 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 shows you that he could return the ball. He had a nice uh, punt return. I forget if it's like 15, 16 yards. So those two kids, and Cook, by the way, had a really nice tackle on special teams. Um, he looked good in his limited action. I thought it said something that they played him pretty early. They played him ahead of uh, – Oh, my goodness, I'm forgetting the name of the uh, – Deion Bush. They're playing him ahead of Deion Bush. So, I thought overall – and, and that, by the way, I know some people might say, well, why didn't you say anything about McDuffie? I, mean, I just never really saw him. It, it, nobody threw at him. You know, we obviously don't have the all-22 yet, so hard to say anything. But nothing bad, just never really saw him. Yeah, obviously in a game like this, you're watching the broadcast, easier to evaluate the skill position players, the pass rushers, than it is some of the secondary players 
some of the route running. Uh, one thing that I thought was notable on that off- that first offensive drive was that uh, Isaiah Pacheco was out there in the mix. Yes, she was on that first in that first series. Uh, obviously, so was Ceh, but you you didn't see Jarek McKinnon. Uh, you didn't see Ronald Jones in that first series, but they made a point to get him out here. I thought he made a really nice uh, when he broke that tackle on that screen in the red zone. You yeah. saw the balance, and and somebody even mentioned this in the chat. Um, the, the comparisons to Kareem Hunt. What was one of the things you think of when you think of Kareem Hunt? Really good balance, manages to keep his feet, can kind of shake off a hit, stay up, keep moving. This was obviously a limited sample size, but that was it was nice to see that by Pacheco to not just go down, keep his feet, and go and get four more yards out of that one. So I could see where the comparisons are coming from. Yeah, I mean, he had you know, three touches in the game, 11 yards. He was, he was fine. Um, I, it's very telling that he played that early in the game. By the way, I, I, as an addendum, that Ronald Jones is not making this team. Like I, I, I just, I just do not see a path unless, unless somebody gets hurt. Ronald Jones is not making this football team. I, why? What does he do? Yeah. I mean, what does he do that you're like? Well, that needs to be out there. I thought, um, and Mike, you're asking, did Dunlap play? Yes, he, I, he played a, at least one series. I think he played the second. He definitely played in the second series. I don't know if he played after that. I have to go back and look. Yes, he did play. Uh, he actually had a he had a pressure actually at one point. Maybe maybe I'm missing that, uh, mixing that up. There's obviously <laughs> so a lot of guys to try and keep track of. But yes, he was on the field. Um, although I don't see the registered any, any stats. But no, listen. I think overall. By the way, who led the team in tackles today? Do you know off the top of your head? I do not. Leo Chenault, seven. Um, so no, it was a good day for the rookie class. It was a good day. Obviously, you could pick apart some things, but um, I really my two big takeaways from the game were both from the defense, honestly. Because offensively, nothing they did surprised me. Like, they looked fine. Um, defensively, Carl Loftus looked fantastic. Now, I, I get it. They're playing the Bears. It's a preseason game. What, I mean, it reminded me of the first time I – and I'm not saying he's going to be this player, but it reminded me of the first time I watched Chris Jones in a preseason game. He played against Seattle. And I distinctly remember watching – he played against their second stringers, and it was comical. Like, if you can go back and find that tape, it's it's actually like it's borderline hilarious. He's in the backfield almost every single play, and you just realize, right, that, like he doesn't belong against second teams. He is just killing these guys. Yeah, It's the same way I felt about Carl Loftus today where – Anytime he was one-on-one with one of these tackles, he just killed them. I mean, he was constantly in the backfield. So that was my number one takeaway was George Karloftis. If, if that's anything to come for the Chiefs, they're in pretty good shape with him. Number two, and a few guys, you, you've already mentioned it in the chat, they are so damn fast defensively. Like, comparatively to where they've been, they were just flying to the ball. I mean, there were a couple of times the Bears tried to run a stretch play, and Gay especially – just flying to the ball. Bolton's getting down there. Reed's down there. You know, they, they, they just – they're so quick. That's something, obviously, we've talked a lot about. They need to, they need to change that up. They knew that. They addressed that this offseason. You, you've seen those fruits today. And, again, it's, it's a preseason game. But speed is speed. Athleticism is athleticism. They, they were flying to the football. Yeah, they sure were. And uh, I'm a little late on this, so my apologies. But we need to tell you that this uh, podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company, Casey Beer Co., largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City, longtime sponsor of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. 
Um, it's an award-winning brewery. They're absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. There's good friends of ours. One of our, our followers on Twitter tweeted at me today, and he had the he had the Arrowhead Attic podcast, Adidas golf hat, and a KC beer to watch the game today. That's pretty uh, pretty rad. We love to see awesome. that. So reach out to our friends at KC Beer Co on Twitter. Let them know you heard about their beer on our podcast. Keep us in business and dare to beer different. All right, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about Carl Loftus, man. I agree with you. That's what you want to see, right? You know, when you when you try to tweet out analysis during a preseason game, you you get the inevitable, you know, mouth breathers in your in your mentions. It's just the preseason. It's just the Bears. And it's like, yeah, man, we know. But like, what what, do you, what else you want me to analyze? You know, you want me to put on Madden? Um, we're going to analyze what we see. We know the context, right? We know this is a preseason game. We know the Bears aren't protected to be very good. However, the man did what he did. And when you have good players like that and they start flashing over and over and over again in a game like that, it's usually a sign that they're pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, I <laughs> I don't want to call out the one guy, but I, I had to do it. Um, someone tweeted me, and I, I quote tweeted, so if you follow me, that's where you can find it. But somebody mm-hmm. essentially said during the third quarter of the game, if Spags doesn't fix his defense, they really need to fire him. <laughs> I'm like, they just shut him out in the first half. Yeah. The Bears had two plays where they did anything and give him credit, both of which were great catches, and could not move the ball for a foot the entire rest of the half. And then the Chiefs put in a bunch of guys who look, God bless them, they're all getting cut. Okay. And the Chiefs give up a bunch of points, and I got people screaming at me, Yeah, hey, you know, they gotta they gotta fire Spags. What are they doing? Like, do you – I'm sorry. Let's get one thing clear. They don't give a rat's ass if they win any of these preseason games. They do not care. If they did, they would play their starters longer. If the Chiefs wanted to win that game today by 45 points, they did nice. Okay, yeah. the Bears were helpless against the Chiefs. Helpless when they had anybody in that game. I'm yeah. not – like, that was – that's one of those games, if that was a preseason game and it started like that, you'd bet this game's over. But they, there's just no chance. Uh, by the way, I've seen people mention it. I was going to mention it later. Justin Reed kicking the extra point was hilarious. But yeah. I want to make one note on that. Everybody – and don't get me wrong. It is funny. That is also a little interesting just in case they ever had a situation where Butker tweaked a hamstring or something during the game. Yeah. Like, he can really kick the ball. Yeah. That, that matters. Like, if they ever like, – God forbid, Butker goes down – and they, you know, not, not that they would use him like full time, but if they were in a game where they, they didn't have another guy in the active roster and they needed a guy to kick a 35 yard field goal, he can do it like that. Yeah. It's funny, but it also could be functional if they were ever put in that spot. Yeah. And, and good on Andy Reid for giving him the chance to do that. Again, this is why this is why people love players love playing for Andy Reid. Because he'll do he'll he'll look at a situation like this and be like, yeah, it's the first preseason game. He's been kicking in camp. Let's give him a rep. And this accomplishes multiple things, right? It endears you to the players as a leader. But at the same time, as you just mentioned, he's no joke. Like this isn't like he's like, yeah, Mahomes go out there trying to kick a field goal. Let's see what happens. You know, haha. Like if you watched his form, and I'm no former kicker or anything, but he, I, I wouldn't have known he wasn't a regular NFL kicker. He really laid into that thing and drove it. He looked the part. He hit a 65-yarder in practice the other day. Do we want to replace Harrison Butker? No. But the fact that you have an emer- a competent emergency kicker on the uh, 
on the team is pretty cool. And, uh, but I did have to tweet, you know, first time Butker misses an extra point now. You know, you know, they're going to, you're going to come out of the woodwork. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. Put Justin Reed in there. I mean, it's going to happen. I also had a guy tweet me like, well, you know, if Mahomes gets hurt, they're screwed. Like, yeah, no kidding. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, which I will say though. And yes, that, and yes, again, no kidding. Shane Bouchelle, like, actually can throw the football. Like, re- we saw that last preseason. The Chiefs saw the same thing. They kept him around. Um, they he, he can throw. Like, obviously, I'm not looking for him to replace Mahomes any day soon. But if they decided to move on from Henny and have him as a backup, like, I can see why. That throw he made the watch into the end zone, that thing was a bullet. That was yeah. 25 yards right down the hash and a perfect throw. And by the way, Watson's making this team. Um, but it's – it's a good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to have a young backup quarterback who you can groom and who you can have for a while. And hey, look, if, if there if there is ever that opportunity, right? Like that that proverbial week eighteen game, it doesn't matter. He wouldn't be the first guy who's gotten to showcase himself in a game like that, play really well, and get a really nice pick out of it. Because yeah. some team sees him. I mean, Matt Flynn is the poster child for that. Okay, but there have been other guys. I mean, Matt Schaub got a contract like that. Yep. Okay, Kevin Cobb for Andy Reid got Dominique Rogers Cromarty for that. Okay, so you know, not that you want to see Shane Bouchelle in any meaningful situation, no. but he did play well. It's it's worth noting. Yeah, my notes for Bouchelle um, throws throws a really nice ball, zips it in there, pretty accurate most of the time. Um, the only the only thing of criticism I had for him and, and and it came up on the interception, he does tend to stare down his first read. I yeah. mean, you can see, you watch for the snap and, and that's, you know, part of that's going to be lack of experience in these types of situations. He's a practice squad guy. Um, you know, he, they're running. Also remember they're running super vanilla stuff. So um, uh, appreciate you, Jaden uh, uh, says um, in the, uh, with the super chat, uh, the D line looked good today. Do you think they could be a top 10 and why do people think the Chargers are a Super Bowl team? Because they added two guys. Uh, I'll let you feel this one, Bertram. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay. Uh, I think they can be top 10. I'm, I'm assuming, Jaden, uh, you, can, you can answer me in the chat if I'm incorrect. I'm assuming you're asking me about their D-line being top 10. Um, I, I have to kind of see it before I believe it because other than Jones, they've struggled in that regard at times over the last couple of years, but I like the way it's trending. Like I, you guys know, if you've listened to me and obviously you have, I think Carl Loftus was, a, was a very good pick. I also think Carl Loftus is like most young edge guys takes a while. It just does. It takes a year or two years. I remember Justin Houston his first year, had like four sacks, but you could tell he was going to be a really good player. I kind of figured we'd be in for something like that. That might be the case, but he was eye-opening today. Like when when you are when you have one flash play, okay, fine. When you're constantly 
in the backfield causing problems. Now that that means something. Plus they have Dunlop, plus they have Clark. Let's put it this way. If if Karloftis is even 80% of what he was today, then, yeah, they absolutely could. Um, and then as far as the Chargers, look, the, people think that because people think that every year about the Chargers. Every single year, okay? Uh, Patrick actually had a hilarious tweet about that. Um, I forget who it was, like Fox Sports or something put out, like, here's the last 10 AFC West winners. Yeah. And I forget exactly how you worded it, but it was, it was well put. Um, I, I think the Chargers are really talented. I also think the Chargers haven't won one big game in the last 10 years. Call me when the Chargers win anything that ever matters, ever. Because every year I hear about how good they're going to be, and every year I watch them lose some game like they lost last year to the Texans. So, I, you know, talent, yeah, they're really talented. But I, I need to see it before I ever pick that team to win anything of significance. Yeah, they haven't made the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're good. They're obviously talented. But um, Matt, what's that? Being talented and being good are two different things. Yeah. The Vikings are talented. That team hasn't won shit ever. Okay. (laughs) The Chargers, hey, I will say this flat out. In my lifetime, one of the most talented teams I've ever seen was that team when Marty Schottenheimer was in San Diego. I mean, you look at the roster on the Chargers in that era. It was unbelievable. And, of course, they screwed it up because they fired Marty and everything else. The team went to one AFC championship game and never did anything else of any note ever again after that. And they were talented for a long time. Okay. And they were in they were in a division with the Josh McDaniels Broncos, the Raiders, who were the worst team in football for 15 years, and the Matt Castle Chiefs, and they couldn't do anything. And now they've got this new group, which listen, obviously doesn't have anything to do with that other group. But I, again, and I and I love Herbert. Like, win something, get to a playoff game. You know, it's whatever you want about the Bengals, man. They got they've been to a Super Bowl. The Bills have won huge games. So whatever you want about the Ravens, like they've won a playoff game. Like the the, the Chargers. My father has a saying: "Potential is a fancy word for saying you've never done anything." And it's true. The Chargers are the epitome of look at all the potential they have. Well, okay, do something with it. That's how I feel about the Chargers. Yeah, it's uh, they're just uh, oh, Scooter says Matt Castle Chiefs won a damn division. Yeah, I mean like things go your way. Now I think they're better than the Matt Castle Chiefs. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. But I think he's um, pointing out the fact that the Chargers couldn't even beat out that team. Right. Right. That's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Different quarterback. It was a totally different team, but the point remains: the Chargers forever have been this team. That you're like, man, they're unbelievable. They're so talented. And then, like, like for example, okay, they play the Raiders week one in LA, and then they go to the Chiefs for the short week, week two. When then we get, we can move on to the Chargers. But when you look like, would you really be shocked if the Chargers get smacked around by the Raiders week one and then lose to the Chiefs and they're just immediately zero and two? Right. I mean, I'm not saying I'm picking that. I'm not. I think they'll probably split those games. But would I would I be shocked if the Chargers are out of the gate, zero and two, and no, I wouldn't be. Like, why would I be? I mean, they again win any game that ever matters. An interesting comment in the in the chat from Julius said um, Pacheco played less than I thought. I think uh, I think they might have big plans with him. You know, I noticed that too, and I actually noticed something. And I'm curious to get your take on this, Bertram. Just about the the way that they used the running backs in this game in the preseason in general. No running back had more than four carries in this game. Um, 
everybody just kind of got a couple. They ran 19 times. Ronald Jones led the team in carries with four, four carries for one yard. A, a lot of that wasn't – I mean, the people were in the backfield immediately. But do you think Andy is, with running backs in particular, just trying to be maybe a little bit cautious early here in the because they can take such a beating? Maybe a little bit, but I got to tell you, I, I mean, I think they already know what they're going to do with the running backs. Like, you know, the words Alaris making the team. You didn't even see McKinnon. Um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't make the team. But, but uh, you know, Pacheco, by the way, the best um, play I saw for running back the entire game was Edwards Alaris picking up a blitz and hammering the guy on the first drive of the game. That is, I have, I have killed him about that forever. Like, you got to be able to block this offense. Did a nice job. Did a nice job. But I think, I, I've, look, I've gone on the record with this. I think Ronald Jones is going to have a real hard time making this team. A real, like, why? Why would you keep, based off what? Like, I'd rather have McKinnon. I'd, I'd definitely rather have CEH. I mean, I'm not even the biggest guy in the world with CEH. Come on now. Um, and I, I'd rather have Pacheco. So, I'm good. Like, I, I think Gore is the one guy you wonder, like, are you going to make the teams? you a practice squad guy. They're just going to cut him. But, you know, I thought overall, their offense had one meaningful series. They went right down the field and scored. Mahomes looked like Mahomes. Kelsey looked like Kelsey. MVS had a nice catch. Hardman actually ran a nice route on that first throw. Nice little dig route. Caught the ball. They looked great. Defensively, they were everywhere. It felt like they had 15 guys on the field. So, I think I think you've got to be – look, if you're not happy with that game, I don't have to tell you. Like, I mean, yeah. I get it. I know they lost, and I know in the second half they looked like crap. But, like, it doesn't matter. Of the guys who played in the second half, the only guy who mattered at all was Leo Chanel, and he had seven tackles to lead the team. Now, I don't think – now, his pass coverage off plan would be desired, okay? But you knew that coming in. He never had to cover in Wisconsin. So, I thought they wanted to get him a lot of run. They did. He made a bunch of tackles. Like, if you're the Chiefs, I'll tell you right now, let's put it this way. Andy Reid, he's getting on the plane going home. He's feeling pretty good about it. Like, yeah. the only concern he has right now is Blake Bell. That's it. Other than that, he feels great. Yeah, and I think I, I would encourage people when you're watching these preseason games, after the starters leave, most of the starters leave, just start watching individuals. Like, start so, watching technique, right? Forget about the game or, you know, the offense, the running vanilla. There's not a game plan. You know, you watch a guy like even Shane Bouchelle, like somebody on Twitter mentioned to me, you know, I, you know, I wish he'd force the ball down feel a little bit more. He's dumping it off a lot. And I was like, yeah, man, but, you know, He's going out there. They got a vanilla game plan. They're, the other team's playing vanilla. The reads might not be there, so he's dumping it off. He's moving the ball down the field, and it's the same thing with with some of these other guys. Watch watch how Leo Chanel is is shedding blockers. Watch his tackling technique. How's he wrapping up? What's his pursuit like? Those are the things that you want to be watching late in the game. Pick a player, and that's what I was doing because you know you get you get caught. You don't want to be watching Trevor Simeon. Right. When in a late preseason game, because it's not nothing that happens after that matters. So I'm watching my guy, DiCaprio Boodle, who I wanted to talk about because he was one of my players to watch. Just got absolutely. Um, It happens. It happens to everybody. But I mean, he was it was Dante Pettis on a fourth and two. And he just ran right by him. Um, Not a good look. You know, again, like. And I'm not knocking Boodle. I'm really not. Like, I'm just talking in generalities here about these guys who play in the second half of preseason games. It, it just – if those guys are on the field, you're screwed anyway. You're screwed anyway. Like, I, 
I always see that, and I get it because I used to say that. I, I admit all the time I was in high school, I always just think, oh, my God, this guy's got to play. Like, guys, look around the league. Okay, I got Colts and Bills on right now. Let me tell you something. This is not exactly uh, the Chiefs-Bills game from the playoffs. All right, and they're in the first quarter. This game sucks. Like, if if guys or, or third stringers have to play for you, you're screwed. You're screwed. That's That's the – I mean – Every team wants to have depth. Nobody's got a good third team, okay? You may have some guys in your second team who can play. And by the way, when the second team was running for the Chiefs, they, they killed the Bears. They were killing the Bears. The Bears were playing starters at some points in that. So, right. by the way, I want to make a, a little bit of a pivot here. I think it's interesting. Some quotes are starting to come out. Justin Reed's got a couple funny quotes about the fact that Tobe told him before the game, if you look good in pregame, I'll give you a shot. And look good in pregame. He hit it. So he said it's something he could check off his bucket list. But Aaron Ladd tweeted out, and you should all follow Aaron. He does a great job. He, he's a sports anchor over to NBC in Kansas City. He had a tweet, quote from Mahomes, quote, I think it's going to come from everywhere this year. It's going to be hard for teams to game plan. You saw that in the first drive where they spread the ball out everywhere. And guys were wide open. Now, again, it is the Bears. But I think the general idea of the way they like to play offense this year, I think you saw it. Yeah. And, you know, when you see guys like Blake, like, look, you don't want a ton of involvement from 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 Blake Bell and the Michael Burtons of the world. But Andy is such a good play caller. And I think that's why a lot of us who have been watching this team and watching Andy for a while, all the way back to Alex Smith, yeah, we were. It, you can't replace Tyreek Hill, but you knew that the offense was not just going to suddenly be terrible because Andy Reid's going to scheme things up, and as long as he's got talented players who can execute, they're going to go out there and they're going to make plays. But I think what's really kind of neat and exciting to see is Mahomes just looked. He just looked really composed, and he's like, "Okay, I'll go to Burton." You know, and he's admitted that some of that stuff was a was a struggle for him last year. He wanted to push the ball downfield. This is one drive. It's the preseason. But the way he spread the ball around, you know, he had – he was six of seven with the only incompletion coming on that near touchdown to MVS. And what was his average? You know, because remember last year his average went down. Oh, gee, you know, he can't push the ball down field. Teams are playing – it's 8.6. He's going to get run after the catch. And I think we're we were talking about it all offseason. We're going to see maybe a little bit more of that traditional West Coast offense stuff and – uh I think he's going to have fun because he's. I think he has a lot of quality targets on this team with McCole Hart and MBS, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Mahomes also, uh, for Charles Goldman, had a, had a funny quote about George Karloftis. So he's going to go hard the entire time. That's just who he is. That's what got him here. He'll continue to get better. We've got to work on his celebrations, though. We'll work on that and get back to you. So there's <laughs> uh, some work to do there. Rookie. Um, it's rookie, you know. Yeah, that's it. Um, he, he's also Mahomes. I'm not going to read all the quotes here, but he's hyping up Watson a lot. Uh, seems to really like him, like yeah. quite a bit here. Now, I I hesitate on that kind of stuff because it's like, or right, even if he does, like, who the hell is he playing over, right? Like, right. there's so many guys. But it does speak to the depth of this group where, you know, maybe in some spots, maybe they'll go five wide and give Kelsey a break and just go, you know what, we're going to put five receivers on the field and we're going to go with certain looks. You know, one thing I do like about this receiving group very, very much, and I, I said this at least once before in here, their route trees and what they do, they complement each other really well. You know, Schuster is – Smith-Schuster is more the kind of well-rounded guy of the group, 
and I'm, I'm excluding Kelsey from this for a second because tight end. Smith-Schuster can run a lot of the end-of-meet stuff. He can go across the middle. He can also run some deeper routes. So he kind of gives you that well-rounded guy. But then you've got MVS, who's, a, who's the deep ball threat. That's what he's going to do. Hardman also gives you that. But Hardman, more than Valdez-Scantling, can also run a little bit of the underneath stuff. He can break free a little bit with some more wiggle, right? He's a little more stop and start. Um, and now you have Sky Moore, who – I will say this about Sky Moore. And I, have said, and I always say this about receivers coming out. I don't give a rat's ass what the guy's 40 time is. How how well can he run routes and does he have good hands? That guy is always, 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 always going to be in the league. Ricky Prohl, if you're familiar with who he is, was the slowest receiver I have ever seen, and the guy was good for 12 years, okay? Because all he did was run good routes, get himself open, and he caught everything. Steve Largent made a Hall of Fame career out of that. Steve Largent couldn't outrun most of us in a foot race. But he was great at getting open. Sky Moore has speed, so that's great. He runs great routes. His footwork's awesome. You saw it on some breaks at the line of scrimmage. You hatch along the sideline where he's able to keep his feet in bounds. So, you know, they have a lot. And that, none of that even includes Kelsey or Watson. They, they are not going to have a problem getting guys open in this offense. And obviously who the quarterback is, they'll be just fine if they get open. Yeah. A really impressive debut for, for Justin Watson, uh, especially obviously the touchdown catch. I thought, um, Therese Fountain keeps hanging around. You know, he had three catches for 24 yards, uh, on, on three targets, nothing crazy, but the, the, the big catch for me was the sky more catch getting his feet down, which Josh Gordon tried and failed to do twice. I actually saw our, our friend yeah. Justin Foote, I believe, tweeted. Um, it might end up being that at the end of the Josh Gordon era, those two cat they were nice catches that were not catches because he came down out of bounds, might be the most memorable plays of, of the Josh Gordon era. So, I, yeah, I, stick a fork in Josh Gordon. I think it's bearing a miracle at this point. Yeah, Josh Gordon, Cornell Powell, they're not going to be on the roster. Um, no, it's over. you know, I mean, because they love Fountain on special teams, and right. that's more important at wide receiver six than what you can do offensively. So, I really think for the most part, you pretty much know who's making the team. I mean, I, I know, um, you, know, you could get into a spot here, a spot there. I think you pretty much know. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up here, um, when you're talking there, I'm going to, I'm going to look up exactly what the Ross construction was last year in terms of, uh, in terms of how many spots made it where. And I think you're going to have a pretty good idea of what the chiefs are going to do. I really, I don't think there's too many spots up for grabs right now. Yeah, there's, there's really not. I think it's some of those back end cornerback positions um, that last running back, like how many running backs are they going to keep? that last receiver position, which is going to come down to special teams. And that's where it seems like Watson and, uh, and Fountain have advantages. So um, that some of the battles that we were talking about, we didn't know how things were going to go with Ronald Jones. I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Ronald Jones next week in the second half. Cause they're going to say, all right, what, like, what's this guy got, you know? Um, and, and, if they're not keeping him, he's a guy that's got trade value. So it would behoove them to use him if they can and 
maybe he flashes a little bit if they already know they're not keeping him. Did you find that roster construction? Yeah, I did. I'm curious. All right, so look, let's – I know we're probably wrapping up soon here. Um, I don't know how much more we could possibly hit on this game other than the fact that they, they just look great when they played their starters. Um, all right, they kept 25 offensive players, 25 defensive, three special teams. I think we can all agree special teams, we know who's making it, right? It's Winchester, it's Butker, it's Towns. Okay. So you got 50 other guys. Last year they kept two quarterbacks. Uh, we know they keep Mahomes. Who are they keeping? Is it going to be Henny or Bouchelle? It's probably Henny because it's Andy. I'm going to go the other way on that. I think they're going to let Bouchelle take over. Um, I'd, be, I'd be shocked. I'd be happy, but I'd be shocked. Because I'll tell you what, man. I don't I don't think Bouchelle's getting the practice squad. Some team's going to pick him up. Right. So I, I, that's where I'll go on that. I'll go with that. I, we'll be opposite there. So that's one spot we disagree on. Running backs, they kept three of them last year. Who do you think they keep this year? Let's just, let's just go down as if they're going to keep the same amount right for this point anyway. They kept they kept three? Kept three. It's going to be Pacheco, CEH, and McKinnon. All right, we agree on that. They kept one fullback. We both know it'll be Burton. Now, last year, they kept five receivers and four tight ends. I think this year they will keep six receivers and three tight ends, especially if Bell is hurt. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I'm assuming with the, if they keep six receivers, do we pretty much agree on the six? It's going to be MVS, Juju, Hardman, Watson, Moore, and Fountain? Yeah, I think at this point. You know, you, you, you wondered about a guy like Cornell Powell because he drafted him. You know, you wondered about Josh Gordon because they kept him around. But that's sort of starting to clarify itself now. Then you get to tight ends. If they keep three, you know the three are, right? I mean, it's Fortune and Gray behind Kelsey. Now, here's what's interesting. You don't think they'll keep Bell? Even though well, he's second on the depth chart? Bell's hurt. If Bell's hurt, yeah, sure. If Bell's hurt. If Bell's hurt, then yeah, I think they, if Bell's healthy – then I think they keep them, and I think Fortson's gone. Yeah. Which sucks, but I think that's the case. Now, here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with this. They kept 10 offensive linemen last year. <laughs> Can you yeah. name 10 guys worth – like? All right, let's put the five starters aside. We obviously know they're making the team. Right. Who would be the other five guys? And if they're not going to, if you don't think they're going to keep 10, then where do you think the other guy would go? Would it be another running back or would it be three quarterbacks? I would lean towards, I would lean towards tight end in Fortson because, because of what they did last year, because they like him and because Andy's an offensive guy and likes, likes his toys and likes to play with his matchups. That would, that would be what I would think. So you think they would just go with four tight ends? I th- I think so, yeah. Okay. Because I mean, what what do you, who do you think? So as far as your backups, right? You, you figure Al Gretti's going to make it. Yeah, right? he makes it. He's a lock. Yeah. What about Ryder? Yeah, Kennard. Who the hell else makes it? Austin Ryder. Yes, Ryder makes it. Yes, thank yeah. you. I knew it. Okay. Now Niang would make it, but you got to think he probably starts the season on pup. Right. So he's not going to make the active. That, we got eight. After yeah. what I just saw, you want two more guys out of that group? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think you got to keep one more. So maybe if Niang is on the active roster by then, okay. Maybe Niang. Other than that, man, I, 
that might be the spot that's most up for grabs. I think they will keep nine linemen. And I I think if, if, if Bell's healthy, I'm with you. I think they keep four tight ends. If he's not, then I, I actually could see them carrying another running back and just and just going with and maybe just going with, with, with Gore. Um wasn't know. a good game for him today. No, it was not good. But I don't care because I've seen him in real games. Right. Him so yeah. I, I, I don't. It doesn't matter. To me. And they and the Chiefs know that, right? They're not. They're not evaluating him on today. Now, last year, this part, the, the, the defensive side, but I actually think it's easier. Okay, they kept four defensive tackles and five defensive ends. Okay, I think that's going to get flipped this year. Okay, because last year, last year they kept Naughty. Jerron Reed, Wharton, and Saunders inside. But keep in mind, they had Jones as a defensive end last year. Now, now they're keeping Naughty. They're keeping Wharton. They're keeping yeah. – Saunders, by the way, we didn't mention He played excellent football today. Yep. Yep. He was he really, really good. You're keeping Jones. And then they've also got Stallworth. Right. So I like them to keep five there. I mean, I guess you could cut Stallworth, but I like him. I think they go with five. And on the end, you've got Clark. You've got Carl Loftus, you've got Dana, you've got Dunlap. Here's my thing. I think I think Kando's not making this team. Kando, by the way, was brutal today on certain yeah. plays. So I yeah. are you uh in on those uh, opinions or are you uh there's somewhere else you want to go? No, I I think so. Look, Kando, I mean Carlos they went out and they got Carlos Dunlap. If Kando was, you know, was was showing them anything, they're obviously concerned making a move that late. I mean, look, Carlos Dunlap was kind of a no-brainer signing anyway, yeah. but um, they'd rather have a young guy in there, and it's just it's it's not working out. And by the way, the most important thing today, Matt Vernon fan page is back. He's it's back. Fantastic. He came back while you were on vacation. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Which um, actually proved to me that it's not you or, like, your wife running the account – because I knew you were on vacation, and I knew there was no way you would be coming to watch me do a solo podcast while you were on vacation, just to pump up your own your own brand. That's definitely true. Yeah. All right. Last thing we got here, run down the end of this. We got six linebackers. So last year, the guys who were holdovers are Gay and Bolton. Okay, and I and Darius Harris, who I think will make this team again. Okay. Um, you've got Chanel, you've got Lee, you've got Carter. Is that probably your six? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So now you get to the interesting. The safeties, I think it's easy. They kept four last year. Only Thornhill's a holdover. I think it's easy, right? Like it's going to be Thornhill and Reed. It's going to be it's going to be Bush and Cook. I don't, I don't think there's that much controversy there. Um, and then lastly, at corner, they kept six. Now this is this might be the, the spot along with maybe the last offensive lineman and maybe a running back where you're like. Throw your hands up, right? I mean, you look, you know Fenton, you know, you know Sneed, you know McDuffie, Joshua Williams can say if he's a lock. I I personally like Watson, the uh the seventh round rookie. I think he makes the team. That sixth spot, I don't know. Is it Boodle? Yeah, I mean it's Boodle, John, probably between Boodle, Lonnie Johnson, maybe Chris Lamonts. Like, I you think know, I, actually, I actually go with Lamonts because he's good on special teams. Yeah, yeah. Lonnie Johnson struggled he, today. 
Yeah. Lamont's he's he's buried on the depth chart a little bit. You know, take all that with a grain of salt. Boodle got cooked today. Jalen Watson had a really bad missed tackle, give up a big play. Um, he did, he again, it's one play. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one play, right? It's one play. Uh, you know, if, if, if a guy misses it, if a guy gets – and that's something that things can get really magnified. That's why you like to see – when you see a guy like Carl Loftus flash over and over and over again in a preseason game as opposed yeah. to getting one sack, you're like, all right, you're showing me something. A guy gets cooked in, in uh, playing corner and in a practice rep, and no one's like, cut him. You know, they want to see how you perform over time. So we're going to need to get another look or two at some of these young guys as the preseason goes on here. And maybe some of these cornerback toss-ups will start to crystallize themselves a little bit as we move forward. By the way, shout out to Jaden for the super chat about the 2010 Chargers um, being really highly ranked on offensive defense and not making the playoffs. Uh, love yes. it. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think like, the bottom line is that exercise, like that's, I think I think we can basically say we know like fifty guys in this roster, like right. fifty guys. I mean, I, you know, and, and Mr. Swamps says we're in serious trouble at corner. I will say this: I, I I I don't agree with that assessment based off the fact I think at the top three they're very solid as long as McDuffie's decent, which I've noticed I think he won't be based on what we've seen in camp. Um, I do worry about their depth at corner. That is one spot, like, if they have a big injury or something, I'm worried about it. Because, I, look, you can like Joshua Williams all you want. Like, he's never played a meaningful snap of football in his life at the NFL level. And after that, it is not anything I want to see on the field in a meaningful game. So, yeah. the only the only caveat to that is Reed can, a lot like Matthew could, he could drop down and play some slot, which does help. And I think they actually have some safety depth this year. They didn't last year with, with, with Cook. But but I agree with you, Schwamp. But that is the one – you got to hope you stay healthy. And, look, they, that's true of every day. Like, I think the Bills are the best team in football. I think Kansas City is about a half step behind them. Okay, so it's not a big gap. But, you know, Buffalo, there are spots on that team where, like, if Stephon Diggs got hurt, I don't know. Like, I like some of their ancillary weapons like Davis and Knox. But, like, there's nobody else who's the number one guy. If Von Miller gets hurt, they have no pass rush. None. And the point of that is, like, that stuff happens. You know, like, you, you're, you, in this day and age with the cap, you absolutely cannot have have depth in every single spot. You just can't. Like, there's going to be some spots. We got to hope you just get a little lucky. You know, the, you know, the wrong injury. That's right. just football. By the way, last thing I will say, speaking of injuries, the Bears and Soldier Field. Hey, guys, maybe, like, turf next time. Or something. I mean, that was – what were they, playing golf out there before the game? Yeah, go to Menards and get some sod. I, like, that's what I said. Was there a Kenny Chesney concert before that, like, last night? What? How the hell did the field get like that? I mean, I know they practice on it because they're, they're too cheap to have a practice facility. Like, that. <laughs> that is – that is embarrassing. Like, yeah. I, I didn't expect it to happen. But if Andy Reid had gone out there and been like, we're not playing this game, like, I'd have understood it. I would have understood it like that. Look, I, I'm a little lenient when it comes to fields because, like, look, you know what? Sometimes, you know, there's a chunk here, chunk there. Something happened in warm up. That field was a disaster. That field, and again, it also would have been one thing if it had been like awful weather around here or something. Ridiculous. That's what the yeah. field looks like in August. Right. You know what the thing's gonna look like in November? 
I mean, yeah. that is that's bad. That's a, that's a bad job by the Bears. How bad do you feel for Justin Fields? Like bad. Justin Fields, I bad. mean, honestly, they should send hostage negotiators to get Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney the hell out of Chicago. There is no offensive line, terrible field. I just it's I, you just feel for him. They got no chance. They got no chance. Um, one thing that uh, uh, KL, or I don't know if it's KL, KI368 brings up, and I mentioned this to you earlier this week, Verderham, he says, I never want to see McDuffie feel a punt again. Did take kind of a hard hit there. It did. I, I was hoping to get out here. It's fine, though. Yeah. I, I don't want to see it. I'm, I'm, I'm with him. Um, let's, 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 let's put somebody else back there. Um, there was a, he said there was a concert. There was an Elton John concert. No, last night. I don't, I don't believe so. Not that I'm aware of. It could, could be wrong. I guess. Maybe, maybe we're just getting trolled. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know, man. Look, it's going to be interesting. Next week, we'll get a longer look at the Chiefs' offense. Hey, listen, if you, uh, he says, yeah, two days before though, uh, an Elton John concert. I'll have to, I'll have to, we'll have to have our fact checkers verify that one. Um, I, look, if you guys like what we do here, I really encourage you. If you're interested in uh, uh, our producer, Mike says uh, Elton John concert, Lee Soldier Field, turf and rotten shape. Well, there you go. It was Elton John. Well, I mean, were the Bears aware they were playing a game? Like, I, like what? <laughs> I mean, all right, fine. Can you can you make sure that the field doesn't look like a monster truck rally broke out? I mean, that is yeah. – look, I'm sorry. And, and, and it doesn't look like, you know, the, the, the injury to Blake Bell had anything to do with the field or anything. But that, can you imagine – like, if you're in the Chiefs, can you imagine if any player got seriously hurt because he stepped in a divot? Right. I, like, what? In today's Mahomes NFL, Kelsey gets a high that ankle should never Yeah. It, it really shouldn't. Um, there's way too much on the line. Um, this is the highest level. Come on, get your field right. Um, I can't believe there's a, a damn Elton uh, Elton John concert. Chris Albright says, I'm getting static from my mic. This has been a problem. We're going to try to figure it out. We think it might be a restream issue because I've used different mics. Um, but it just seems to keep happening. So we're going to have to figure it out. We'll figure it out for you. Um, if you guys like our post-game chats, uh, if you like our content, encourage you to check out the link in the description and, and, and think about becoming an Arrowhead Addict podcast member. Shout out to all of our members. We have a great time hanging out in our private Discord where we talk about cheese, we talk about beer, we talk about Count Chocula, pretty much everything, yeah. movies, TV. It's a lot of fun. We just we just fired up two fantasy football leagues as well uh, with the Arrowhead Addict hosts, Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes, uh, Arrowhead Addict founder, Zach Best. Is, is, is going to be in one of those leagues. So it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're interested in getting in yeah. on some extra, you know, join join a, a cheese community. That I don't know what damn thing here and I'm involved. Yeah. So we're going yeah. to get it done. Um, when the hell do the Chiefs play next? What is the next game? Uh, I just got back. Good. Okay, I that's my excuse for this. Is it Friday? Is it next Friday? It's uh, Saturday, uh, 3 p.m. Washington Commanders at Arrowhead. Okay. Awesome. Carson Wentz is involved. Can't wait. <laughs> That's uh, right. Actually, it's, it'll be it'll be interesting because that you know that week three game the Chiefs often play the Packers on Thursday, August twenty fifth at seven. They'll play the Packers at Arrowhead. We'll finally get presumably 
we'll finally get Mahomes Rogers in some capacity. Um, oh, Rogers won't play. You don't think he'll play in that in the third? No, he won't play preseason snap. Yeah, I guess he doesn't, does he? He doesn't. He won't um, play one snap. We'll never no, we're going to see Jordan Love again. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Love. Uh, well, hopefully the Chiefs play better than they did against Jordan Love the last at time. Least, at least now, the next two games are at Arrowheads. So you know the field will be good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, listen, Chiefs, again, looked, looked good when it mattered. Um, I – I mean, my parting shot on this is I think you have to be very happy with Karloftis and, and Moore and Pacheco, especially the first two. I mean, Pacheco, not they did anything wrong. He just didn't see the ball as much. I thought Karloftis was the best player on the field. That is my honest to God, my main takeaway. Um, I thought defensively they looked fast and athletic. Willie Gay looked awesome. Um, and offensively, they did what you'd expect. They went right down the field. So, um, yeah. hard to be upset. Hard to be upset. I know they lost. I don't. I couldn't care any less. They could have given up forty-five points in the second half. I wouldn't care. So, um, very, very happy with the way they played. Hopefully, Blake Bell is okay. Uh, but they walk out with any earth-shattering injuries, and uh, I think the Chiefs fan got to be pretty happy. You move on. You get two preseason games left, and a couple weeks after that, and uh, it's Week One at Arizona, where the Cardinals, by the way, are just a disaster. Like any possible storyline that could come out of that franchise this yeah. offseason has come out of them. Yeah. So, I mean that that is going to be interesting. They're yeah they're uh, they're challenging the Cleveland Browns for the biggest sideshow in the NFL. You've got Murray calling plays and Kingsbury's like, oh, you think it's easy? You do. It's like, well, Cliff's kind of your job. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like it's just, the whole thing is just. Uh, here's here's a fun prediction a month out. The Chiefs are scoring forty five points against Arizona. Ooh, all right. All right. We'll hold you to that one. Can you, can you name one corner on the Cardinals? No. The no. Cardinals are atrocious. At the corner. Now, they got good safety. Baker's amazing. Like, Jeff Gladney and Byron Murphy, they have no chance. Like, none. Now they don't even have Chandler Jones. Like, I like Marcus Golden as much as the next guy. But I, that That is going to be a track meet up and down. I, I – I think the Chiefs like, – the Cardinals might score some points too, to be fair, although they don't have Hopkins in that game, which is a huge loss. Uh, the Chiefs are going to ring up points like a cash register on that team from an offensive standpoint. But we've got to get there first. By the way, were you bummed today that we didn't get the uh, Byron Pringle revenge game? He didn't play. Uh, he did not play. I know, I was kind of bummed. Uh, <laughs> I would have liked to see him play. I would have liked to see Roquan Smith play. But uh, – yeah. Yeah, Jay Ward says Chiefs are going to dog walk the Cardinals. Jay, I'm with you, man. At that game, I, I, I think the Chiefs have a lot of hard games this year. That game, if the Chiefs lose that game, I will be profoundly disappointed. That game is a game that should be one of those things that, like, by the middle of the third quarter, you're like, yeah, the, the Cardinals are not going to force them to punt. Like, this is just, they have no chance stopping them. I can see Murray have one of those things where it's like, oh, he threw for 300 yards. You're like, wow, they lost by 20. Like, yeah. it just doesn't matter. Um, one team, by the way, is laser focused. You would think after everything that's gone on this offseason, the has been nothing but a crap show for the last six months. So we shall see, but we have, we have plenty of time to get to that. All right, everybody, we got to get out of here and get back on with our weekends. Thank you so much for joining us for the Arrowhead Attic post game show brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. We will be back on Tuesday with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes on Thursday. 
with myself and Matt Verran. We may have some other surprises for you next week as well. We're excited about it. And, and stick around for that. Yeah, definitely stick around for, for next week. And, uh, and, and then, of course, we'll be back on Saturday following the preseason tilt against Washington Commanders with more analysis on this team. Appreciate you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. But until then, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.